Well, it's Palm Sunday, and I have to say that this is probably about the strangest Palm Sunday that I've ever experienced. You know, for me, when I think about Palm Sunday, I think of children waving palm branches in the air. I think of uh, singing the great Palm Sunday hymn, All Glory, Laud, and Honor, accompanied by a powerful organ like we often sing in our sanctuary. I think about what has become an annual tradition uh, for our church, having a joint Palm Sunday luncheon with our Chinese-speaking department after our services. Um, it's a day of celebration that builds the anticipation for the even greater celebration the following Sunday on Easter Sunday, as we celebrate Jesus' resurrection from the dead. But here we are today, scattered among our various homes, isolated from each other, and listening to the Palm Sunday hymns and songs on YouTube that I sent out for all of you. But I think all of us are probably wishing that we could worship together in our sanctuary, and that afterwards we could gather in our basement to enjoy a meal together. At least I know that I'm missing those things this morning. As I read through the account of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem earlier this week, I wondered how could I preach about waving palm branches and shouts of Hosanna and jubilant crowds when each day we hear news of more and more people dying of the coronavirus. And as we heard a record 6.6 .6 million Americans filed for unemployment just last week. Can we rejoice in the midst of a pandemic? Can we sing songs of praise when so many around us and maybe some of us as well are actually weeping or gripped with fear and anxiety? Well, when we look back at the first Palm Sunday, that day when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey to shouts of praise and waving branches, the people in those crowds may not have been in the middle of a pandemic, but they were also dealing with their own troubles and difficulties as well. In fact, part of what they were cheering about was the possibility that Jesus might actually rescue them from those troubles. But instead, we know that just four days later, Jesus was arrested. And then the following day, he was crucified as a criminal and laid in a tomb. So as we look at the account of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem this morning, I want to focus on the question of how we can have joy in the face of suffering and how we can praise God in the midst of a pandemic. What might we learn from that first Palm Sunday as we face our own current circumstances. So I'll be reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, and I'll be reading verses 12 through 19. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the feast heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him 
and that they had done these things to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had given this miraculous sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. This morning, I want to start by thinking about our world of trouble, our world of trouble. It's not too hard to identify with a world full of trouble these days. As I've said the past couple Sundays, the unique thing about what we're all going through right now is the fact that this COVID-19 pandemic has literally affected the entire world. And what that means is that each and every one of you who are listening to this message right now are also experiencing some kind of trouble and suffering because of this virus. Just this past week, I heard about a few individuals in our own congregation who have lost their jobs. I heard about several people who now know friends and family members who have COVID-19 and some who have even lost a loved one from this virus now. I heard from parents who are struggling to help their children with remote learning while also working from home. I know some of you are struggling with social isolation, whether you're a kid who is missing your friends from school or whether you're an extrovert who is just kind of bouncing off the walls without social interaction with people or someone who lives alone and is trying to find things to fill your days to keep the feelings of loneliness at bay. And I keep thinking of those of you who I know are listening to this who are medical professionals and other essential workers who are feeling overwhelmed and who are going into situations where you could easily catch this virus each and every day. And the reality is that, that with all of this, the trouble has just begun. All of these hardships are going to continue and even get worse over the coming weeks. So we are living in a world full of trouble. But as I mentioned earlier, the same was true for the people who greeted Jesus as he rode into Jerusalem about 2,000 years ago. The people of Israel, they had been living under the oppressive rule of the Roman Empire. They were taxed heavily. There were many who lived in poverty. There were many who were sick with various diseases and, and some who were forced into social distancing because of a skin condition or their standing in society. And those experiences were hardly new for the people of Israel. I mean, when you read through the Old Testament, you see that God's people were constantly in situations of trouble and suffering. Whether that was 400 years of slavery in Egypt, or 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, or being constantly under attack by enemy armies when they were in the land, or being carried into exile to a foreign land, or for those who returned, having to rebuild Jerusalem after it had been burned to the ground, or the many other situations of personal suffering and trouble that that we read about in different individuals' lives throughout the pages of Scripture. You know, ever since the Garden of Eden, humanity has lived in a world of trouble. 
some of us have lived much of our lives actually pretty shielded from much of that trouble. But now we are all experiencing it in one way or another. And in fact, some of us are getting a taste of what many people around the world face on a much more consistent basis. And so one of the things that that this experience of trouble, this world of trouble that we live in, leads to and gives rise to is therefore a longing for salvation. Let's take a look at our longing for salvation. It's natural to want to be rescued out of trouble. In fact, this is exactly what we hear on the lips of the people of Jerusalem who come out to meet Jesus. Jesus had just raised Lazarus from the dead, as we looked at last Sunday, and word got out about this amazing miracle. And so there were many in Jerusalem who went out to see who this Jesus was as he approached the city. And verse 13 of our text tells us they took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. The people wave palm branches, which had become a national symbol for Judea. And they shout Hosanna, a Hebrew word meaning save or give us salvation. They quote from Psalm 118 when they shout, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then they make it crystal clear what they mean when they add, Blessed is the King of Israel. These people were looking to Jesus as a potential king, as one who could bring a political, nationalistic salvation to them, someone who could free them from the tyranny and the control of Rome. As we go through this pandemic, it is natural for us to long to be rescued from it as well. I think this is partly why so many people didn't want to accept the seriousness of this virus early on. When certain leaders told us that we didn't have to worry and that this would be sort of like the flu and that social distancing would only last a couple of weeks and then we could all get back to to normal, there was a natural desire for to want all of that to be true. You know, the image of, of the Navy hospital ship Comfort sailing into New York Harbor this past week was a powerful image of hope and rescue, and so much so that New Yorkers completely ignored social distancing in order to catch a glimpse of it. In the face of the economic impact of this pandemic, there is a longing for something that will save us from a significant economic downturn. The stimulus package passed by Congress, or again, the hope that maybe businesses will be able to open up again sometime soon. We long for someone to save us from this crisis, whether that's the president or our governor or heroic healthcare workers. And for those of us who believe in God, it's natural for our prayers to center on asking God to save us from this pandemic as well. God, keep us safe. Stop the spread of this virus. Help it to go away soon. Help our economy to recover quickly. Our world of trouble leads to a longing for salvation from that trouble. But here is the challenging truth of Palm Sunday and Holy Week, the week that follows Palm Sunday, that God's 
plan of salvation is often very different from ours. So next, I want to look at God's unexpected plan. The people of Israel were looking for a political Messiah, a ruler who would overthrow the Romans, who would put them back into a place of power and influence in the world. But that wasn't God's plan. As I mentioned earlier, just four days after Jesus entered Jerusalem to joyous shouts of praise and hopeful expectations of political deliverance, he was arrested and put on trial and then executed as a criminal. And so all of those expected hopes for salvation on Palm Sunday came crashing down and were dashed to pieces by Friday. It has been difficult to realize that this COVID-19 pandemic is not something that will be over and done with in a couple of weeks. Despite the Navy ship Comfort arriving, New York City hospitals are continuing to be stretched to their breaking point. I was reading a New York Times article this past Thursday that said that our city had set up 45 new mobile morgues to help alleviate the in-house morgues of hospitals that are being filled to capacity. New York City passed 1,000 deaths from COVID-19 this past week, and thousands of more deaths in the city are projected. The economic impact of this pandemic is still unknown, but it is clear that there isn't going to be a quick bounce back from this. Social distancing measures are in place at least until the end of April and very likely will extend beyond that. And so the hopeful dreams of a virus that would be quickly contained and have minimal impact on us have come crashing down and have been dashed to pieces in the face of projections of 100,000 deaths or more in our nation and much uncertainty about when things will even start to move back in a normal direction. So what is God's unexpected plan in all of this? Well, with Jesus, his unexpected plan was to accomplish something much greater than what the people of Israel were even hoping for. God didn't want to just accomplish a political rescue of a nation the nation of Israel from Rome. No, he wanted to accomplish a spiritual rescue of the entire human race from sin and death and all the forces of evil. But the unlikely part of his plan was that he was going to accomplish this greater salvation through the Savior dying. It was going to look like the plan had failed. When we look at the circumstances of this pandemic, it can look to us like God is absent. We can be tempted to despair and to doubt God's goodness or even his existence. That was certainly the experience of Jesus' disciples on Good Friday. Jesus had cried out from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And on Friday night... It looked like that's exactly what had happened. But this was God's unexpected plan. 
a plan to accomplish the greatest act of salvation through something that was a horrible tragedy. Now, I don't know all of what God will accomplish in the midst of this pandemic. God is God. I am not. But I do know that as much as God cares about our physical lives and our economic situation, and he does care about those things, he actually cares even more about our souls. That he wants us to know him and to receive his forgiveness and to be set free from the idols that we are tempted to build our lives upon. And ultimately, he longs for us to spend all of eternity with him. Is it possible that God might use the troubles of this world to draw us to himself? That he might allow some of the things that we are tempted to trust in, like our comfort and our security, and our health, and our economic prosperity, and and he might allow those very things to be shaken in order to show us that only he is an unshakable foundation, that only he is worthy of our trust and confidence. I don't know exactly what God is doing right now, but I do know that the cross tells us that God often works in unexpected ways, even through suffering and death. So this brings us back to the question that we started with. How can we praise in a pandemic? How can we rejoice in the face of suffering? One of the images that captured my attention this past week was watching videos of people throughout our city coming out onto their stoops, their balconies, opening their windows at 7 p.m. each night to clap and cheer for the healthcare workers and other essential workers of our city who are hard at work trying to save as many lives as possible, trying to keep our city alive and running while most of us stay in our homes. That is an image of praise and joy in the midst of a pandemic. It shows us how to rejoice in the face of suffering because we are cheering those who are rescuing people in the midst of this outbreak. When we sing Hosanna on Palm Sunday, we aren't primarily asking God to save us from a virus or to save us from an economic downturn. No, we are proclaiming that he is the God who has saved us from sin and judgment and death itself. And we are cheering for the God who is still able to save people today. He is the God who can bring salvation from a cross So surely he can save people in the midst of a pandemic as well. The response song that I chose for us to sing today, that that I'll invite you to sing in a little bit from the YouTube clip that I sent out, it says this, Hear the sound of hearts returning to you. We turn to you. 
In your kingdom, broken lives are made new. You make us new. Because when we see you, we find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away. Washed away. That is why we can praise God in a pandemic. And in the midst of whatever trouble this world throws at us. So we are going to sing together, Hosanna. Hosanna, you are the God who saves us, worthy of all our praises. Hosanna, Hosanna, come have your way among us. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. Let that be our prayer and our praise on this Palm Sunday, even in the midst of this pandemic. Let's pray. Lord, we acknowledge the fact that as we look around our world, as we look around our city, as we look at our own lives, Lord, we see much trouble and suffering. Lord, we are experiencing this trouble. And we thank you, God, that you see this as well, that you care for us in the midst of it. And we thank you, God, that you are a God who who has come not just to save us from the trouble of our circumstances, but to save us from something much deeper, to save us from our sin, to save us from a, an eternal death, to save us from the idols that can wrap our, ourselves and, and can control us. And so we thank you that you are a God who has come to save us, who has come to accomplish the most unexpected rescue of all by dying yourself in our place so that we can be given new life. And as we will be celebrating a week from now, that you are the God who conquered death itself by rising from the dead to bring new life to all of us. Help us to receive this and to rejoice and praise you even in the midst of this pandemic. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.